Whoa! It's time to live this life before we leave this life. Let's go! In this episode, I'm going to break down six reasons why people will never, ever, 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 ever quit porn. All right, have you been struggling with quitting porn? Or maybe you know somebody who's been struggling with quitting porn. Could be a spouse, could be a friend, could be a coworker. I actually don't know why you would know about your coworker's porn addiction. But, and this, by the way, these principles go far beyond just, you know, breaking free from an addiction to porn. This is why people will never amount to the things that they want in life. But for the purpose of this conversation and the value I want to give you, I want to gear it directly and specifically to language surrounding those trying to quit porn because, quite frankly, dude, it is possible to quit porn, but not if you're operating out of these six reasons because why you're stuck with porn shouldn't be a mystery. It might be to you right now, but by the end of this episode, I want to let you know that there are clear reasons why and they're actually more simple than you might think. So number one is you think you can do it on your own. Maybe there's arrogance, you're not teachable, but of all things, you're definitely, definitely missing out. Why is this number one? And by the way, it's not an order of importance because I actually quite like the last one. It's my favorite. But for those people, and again, this is beyond porn, but if you think you can do things on your own, then you're missing out. Like life is a team sport. Even if you could, which I know you can't, um, break free from porn or live the life that you want on your own, like why, why would you want to? You know, these types of people who are a know-it-all or think, hey, I got this, I can do it on my own. There's two reasons why. One is ego, okay? One is one is the pride. Ego gets in the way, you know? And the other is the, the definition we have on it. Um, we, we think it means getting help means we're weak, you know? But in reality, it makes us human. And the funny thing is if we could do it on our own, well we'd probably be free. Like if you could do it on your own, you would be free. It's the most common question that I ask gentlemen when I'm talking to them uh, who are inquiring about like our services or our programs or just guys that I'm engaging with in conversation. Anywhere they're stuck, I'm like, hey, can you do this? And they're like, oh yeah, I could definitely do it. I'm like, well, then why haven't you done it yet? You know? So when it comes to quitting porn, if guys are like, yeah, I can quit porn on my own. And I'm like, okay, then then why haven't you quit yet? And then they're like, well, you know, and then there's excuses and there's other reasons, quote, that they give, but none of them are actually true because we all have our own blind spots. Like anyone who's ever done anything great has had a team, a family, a tribe, a network, a mentor, and thinking you could do it on your own is massively limiting you. Like, I don't know why some Christians, I'm speaking, I apologize if that's not your faith bend, but for Christians, for example, we think it's like a, a heroic badge of honor to wear to say, I quit my porn addiction on my own, you know, with God, as if that that gives God more glory than if you utilize people. And when you look at like the heartbeat of scripture in the entire Bible, it's like people are present as connection, as community with mentorship. You think of Elijah and Elisha. You think of Jesus with the disciples. You think of Jonathan to David, you know, over and over and over again, Paul and Timothy. You have all of these examples of just like mentorship of people, of family, you know, even in a secular space, Mark Zuckerberg had Steve Jobs, Bill Gates had Warren Buffett. You know, the Navy SEALs have a team and commander. Even Oprah Winfrey had Maya Angelou. So in terms of life and being able to experience true success, like if you want true success in life, go at it with people. You know, find your who. 
not your how. Not how do I quit porn, but who do I need to help me quit porn? And wh why is that so important? Because abundance is for those who have humility in life. Connection is for those who have humility. You know, they're like, I'm sorry. Like, I can't do this. I can't do this all by, my, all by myself. Like the husband who's going to quit porn faster is the one who says, babe, I can't do this on my own. I need help. Versus the husband who says, babe, I'm going to quit this. I got this. And then through his ego and through his arrogance, he still falls flat. I'll never forget talking to a guy whose wife filed for him with separation papers and literally like legally filed for separation because he told her six times that he was going to quit porn and he hadn't because he kept trying to do it on his own alone and she wasn't buying it. It just doesn't turn people on. I mean, guys, if, if you're a man watching this, like the quickest way to turn your wife on, to turn your spouse on is literally by stepping into the hum humility space of like, I can't do this on my own. You know, it's like the guy who's trying to put the Ikea, you know, project together and not use the instructions. I'm like, dude, I could, I could flex and do it on my own, but I guarantee you I'll do it five times faster if I just look at the manual real quick. It, it's really that easy. Um, but another reason, so the first way I was kind of saying ego gets in the way. The, the second way that I feel like guys really get mixed up with going through a lot of life alone, and by the way, again, this is a common thread or a common theme for people going through life, is maybe you think you need to do this on your own. You know, maybe you grew up thinking you had to do this alone. Maybe dad modeled the Lone Ranger spirit to you. Maybe you wear it as a badge of honor to go out of the loan. And you just really think that in order to be a man, in order to be masculine, in order to be in your identity, even if you're a woman listening to this, that you have to do it L solo. Simply not true. So that's the first reason, okay, is you, you think you can or need or should or have to do it on your own. Now, the second reason is you don't see the current effect that it's having on you. Okay, you can write that down. You can listen to it. I don't know if you're walking on a treadmill. I don't know why you'd walk on a treadmill. Maybe you got like a stand-up desk and you're at home in your office. But if you're running on a treadmill, you don't see the current effect that it's having on you. Now, this is a, a very uh, particular, a peculiar, dangerous place to be because you are unaware. You don't even know that you're unaware. And this, in my opinion, is the worst problem to have is when you don't even know that you're unaware. Um, that's the biggest source of deception because... If you think about it, I don't know if you guys ever watch TV. I definitely don't. But I remember like 10 years ago watching a TV episode with hoarders. And there was a lady in there and these people walked in and they actually had to put on like gas masks. And this was before COVID and masks were popular. <laughs> but they actually had to put on like masks to go in the place because it smelled so bad. And then they were like smelling. They were like, it smells like mold. It smells like manure. It smells like urine. And they come to find out that there was like 99 cats like in this house and there was like dogs and it was super crazy. But this lady never smelt her own ish. She never smelt her their, her own crap, quite literally, of the animals that she was with because be, she became so familiar to it. And sometimes we are so familiar with our own pain that we are unaware of all the ways that it can be affecting us because you're like, oh, yeah, it's all too familiar. The shame, the pain, the lack of energy, the low self-esteem, the lack of confidence, you know, the avoidance patterns, uh, the comparison, the insecurities, the judgment and the spirit of accusation that I partner with and, and speak over myself on a daily basis. Like, no, nah, I don't really see porn affecting me. I can't see it affecting my work, my life, my relationships, my marriage, uh, my walk with God. Uh, I mean, maybe God's not like happy, but and we end up doing this you know, as a form of denial, we're hiding and we're trying to dumb things down. We're trying to water and dilute it down. 
And it's ultimately a form of self-protection to keep us from seeing reality. But the problem is, is that if you can't see reality for what it is, you can't actually take ownership over any of it. So you can't change anything. So as long as we're watering things down and not seeing to the full extent that this is costing us in every area of our life, then we will never be able to change it. Um, you know, maybe we have no clue what it means to actually be seen and known. So we think we got friends that really know us, that really see us, but we don't actually notice how much we're missing out on because we never knew that we could experience such a life of more. You know, maybe you don't see all the time that it's taking. You don't see how it's affecting others around you because we're so enmeshed and entrenched into this whole ecosystem of just denial and avoidance and running away from our own pain. And again, you we can do that. You know, you can operate out of not seeing the current effect it has on you or those around you, but you may end up like that gentleman I just spoke about, spoke about a few moments ago whose wife files for separation. And when she's like, no, I'm dead serious. I'm not going to have a husband with kids, five kids in my life when you are, you know, struggling with an addiction like this that you're not actually getting help from. And it's not until it's way too late, unfortunately, for most of us, and things get really, really, really bad that we end up waking up. So you may be at a place where you're like, well, I didn't have my wife file for separation and leave me. And it's like, great, you're, that's amazing. That's called mercy. Let's find out all the ways that it is ruining your life now now so you don't have to get to that point. Because most people will only change their life when things get so, 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 so bad that they absolutely have to. When, in, when we can actually change our lives because we now know enough that we need to or we're inspired enough that we want to. So that's number two. The third one is not actually having a dream life to build outside of porn. So you've got no vision, you've got no future, you have no direction. Now, this is interesting because if you have a small vision for your life, you have a small future. So you're going to take small steps to get there and you're going to take that small action and you're going to have very small results. If you don't have a big future, and again, it's not about big, it's just about better. If you don't have a better future for your tomorrow, you will you will always make your tomorrow look like yesterday because a lot of people focus on what they want to do with their life and very little on who they want to be, on how they want to be known, on how they want to experience things in their world and life. And if nothing really changes once you quit porn, then you just won't quit porn, dude. You literally won't. And again, this goes, these are principles for any area of success you want in your life. But if nothing really changes by doing the grueling work and effort it's going to take to like look at your pain and look at all these places that you're avoiding and running and numbing out from, then you're not going to be compelled to want to do it. If there's no reward on the other side, like using the parable of Jesus saying how that man sold everything he had to buy the field because he knew there was a treasure in it is because he knew that there was a greater reward on the other side. So we will only make sacrifices today when we believe that there is a reward tomorrow. And if there's no reward and you truly quitting porn and nothing becomes better, more beautiful, more majestic, and more magical, then you're never actually going to be, I wouldn't say motivated, I'd say incentivized, leveraged enough to want to actually quit and do the work. You have to taste what freedom will be like in order to really go down that road and be committed to personal growth, development, healing, freedom, trauma work, abandonment, rejection, and all those other issues. So that leads me into the fourth 
um, reason and element right now is that we still think porn is the problem, okay? We're trying to fix behaviors. Now, every single one of these reasons I'm listening, all six of these, can be podcast episodes in and of themselves. I could probably expound for like 20 to 30 minutes on each of these in a more granular fashion, but just at a very high level, you know, porn is not the issue. Okay, we're, we're fighting symptoms if we think porn is the problem and we're trying to fix to have better behavior. But we need to recognize, man, that there's issues that we're running from. You know, like for I remember I'll never forget a guy that I was speaking to once and he was saying like, I don't need porn. He's like, I really don't need it. He's like, I'm not addicted. And I was like, oh, you, you, you don't? You're not? <laughs> and I was like, okay, then why do you go to porn? He's like, I only go to it when things are really bad. You know, I only do go to it when I have thoughts, feelings, and, and emotions I'm trying to numb out and avoid. And I said, you know, yeah, because that's why you need porn, because that's your way of coping through hard times. And so when we don't recognize that it's actually the pain that we're trying to bury, numb, and not deal with, we mistakenly make war on the wrong problem, on the wrong issue. I always like to say porn is... The fruit, not the root. If you want better fruit on the tree, we got to get into the root systems. We got to focus on the soil, on watering it, and giving it sunlight. You don't get better fruit by spray painting it a brighter color. And that's what people try to do with porn. That's why willpower, you know, self-discipline, covenant eyes, porn blockers, all these spiritual disciplines even that we are trying to utilize to try and quit porn never, ever, ever, ever ever work. And that's why we're all confused why 95% of people are utilizing these strategies and 95% of people are still struck, hurt, still stuck hurting and struggling in unwanted cycles of, you know, porn and shame and pain and a lack of fulfillment is because we're going to war on the wrong thing. We think we can fix, you know, behaviors, but it's not behaviors Jesus was after. It was the heart. He said to clean the inside of the cup first, then the outside will be clean. So my last statement I'll make about this, then we'll move on to the fifth one, is that porn will disappear from your life. Oh, so effortlessly, all naturally even, albeit, as you focus on becoming an emotionally healthy man. Now, number five, this is a fun one. This will only apply to you if you are a spiritual person. Um, And in this case, you know, a lot of the guys I work with are faith-based, are Christian men. And so I'd say if you are expecting God to take this from you, you will never, ever, ever quit porn. Okay, remember, the all these reasons are not like might be good ideas too. It's like you will never, ever, ever quit porn if you're operating out of these six reasons. And if you're expecting God to take this from you, we're deceived because there's a massive misunderstanding on who God actually is. You know, despite popular opinion, God's not here to take care of you, for you. You know, he's not a butler and he's not a genie. You know, he did bring forth an entire planet to point us towards him, but he's not going to do things for us that we can actually do for ourselves. I think that we've lived, and I think it's an old model. It's definitely dying. It's kind of like out with the old, in with the new, the new wineskin. God's doing a new thing. But we definitely have an over-spiritualized, glamorized version of the gospel where I think especially through, you know, the Jesus movement in the in the 60s and 70s where, you know, God broke people free from addiction uh, to drugs, to sex, to gambling, to all these sorts of things that we gloat and we actually anticipate God to get great glory by doing his thing, quote, bunny ears thing, by breaking us free from, you know, pornography addiction. 
And I know a lot of guys will go at it alone and say, no, it's just me and the Lord. You know, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And again, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, but you've got to use that in context of common sense here. You know, you can't say, hey, I can do all things through Christ. We think it'd be crazy if someone's like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and then jumps off, you know, uh, a high rise story building in a major city. You'd be like, yeah, okay, I think you're misunderstanding the application of the scripture. But we use that for porn addiction and we misinterpret the application of that passage to give us license to go solo in isolation, in seclusion, uh, pushing people away, uh, keeping avoidance patterns in, and actually pushing away the people that God is sending to help us. You know, sometimes somehow we think that God's going to get more glory if we do it with him alone, but he actually doesn't get glory that way because it's called the body of Christ, not the individual severed member of Jesus Christ that we belong to. And so, you know, quitting porn is not God's problem to solve. I'll just say it that way. It's not God's responsibility at all. You know, in the same way, it's not God's problem to solve you getting in shape, to filing your taxes, to improving your marriage or your sex life or your business. Like those are all on you, Padre, the same way they're all on me. You know, it'd be absolutely nuts if I just sat there at the kitchen table. I'm like, all right, God, make me breakfast. Do it. I mean, praise God, I got a fridge. Praise God, I got orange juice. Amen. We all love some good fresh pressed orange juice with the pulp. Always got to have the pulp. But it'd be crazy if I were to be like, God, make me breakfast. And I expected it. Because he just knows something, he knows it's something that I can do. And if I don't know how to do it, again, that's where I go back to the first principle and know I can't do it on my own. And so a lot of people get stuck here. Why do I bring up the breakfast analogy? Because it's within my power to do it, something about it. In the same way, porn is definitely, 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 definitely within our power to do something about we just have to stop violating these six principles, these laws, these reasons, almost like gravity, in order to step into it. Now, if you think you can do it on your own and you just want it to be with God, that's amazing. You will just never break free from porn because God won't violate you know, laws that he wrote into the fabric of humanity. He wove them in and throughout humanity. He didn't like it when Adam was alone in the garden with him. He didn't even call creation good until Eve was created, until Eve was made. Then he's like, okay, now this thing is good. So we literally are designed for a healthy need for people in our lives. It's how wisdom gets passed down. It's how tradition gets passed down. It's how everything gets passed down towards us. And that being with all of like those things coming together, if we haven't learned to take 100% full-blown ownership over the entire problem and you don't know the role that you play, and you don't know that it's actually all in your corner, and we can pray for God to help, but I'll honestly tell people I'll never pray for them to quit porn. I will not be like, God, please help this person quit porn. I'll pray something much more powerful. I will say, God, help them get to the root reasons on why they are coping, numbing, and running away. Help them get to the the bottom of the rejection, the abandonment, the abuse, the trauma, the neglect, the low self-esteem, you know, all of the root issues that are ultimately driving them to feel like it's really, really scary to open up to people and that it's much, quote, easier to numb, even though it's really, really hard and costing them everything. I'll say, God, would you be really kind to that person in their process? Would you bring people towards them over and over and over and over again until they fold, until they surrender, until they let go and they allow themselves to be loved, until they allow themselves to be violently and valiantly loved by your presence. That's my prayer for those types of people. Now, 
the last one here, and I've been saving this one to the end because it actually goes in with the fifth and the rest of the principles, but this one's gonna, might just blow your mind. Um, I, I really love this principle here, and again, this can go for anything, but talking about guys or people trying to quit porn, some people will never, ever, ever quit porn because they are more committed to being stuck than they are being free. Now, now let me explain because this is this is going to go deep. It might feel like some Inception type stuff going on because it's going to require some crazy honesty. And it's really not crazy. It's just honesty. Some people don't even want to be free. Now, what do I mean by that? Like if someone's saying I want to quit porn, Matt, aren't don't they want to quit porn? And I said, yeah, not necessarily. We say it with our lips. We say it out loud, but... When we operate out of something called secondary gain, it means when we derive a benefit, a reward, or some type of pleasure from having an exterior alternative gain to remaining stuck or in unwanted cycles in our lives. So we actually like being the victim to circumstance. We actually like being the victim of pornography because these people... And I only know this because I was this type of person. It's the way that we actually derive connection. So the example that we could utilize here of someone being you know, struggling with porn is that guy who's always asking for prayer for it. Guys, I slipped up again. Maybe they're super open. They're super honest. And they tell everybody, yep, I slipped up again. Yep, I slipped up again. We actually gain a sense of identity from our struggle. And the moment we identify with the struggle, we will perpetuate that struggle in our life over and over and over again because it's the way that we get connected to. And so some people literally need things to get so hard and to get so bad and bad things are always happening in their world because it's the only way they have known how to get connection and significance and eyes on them. Because when things are going well, if let's just use, you know, I'm just going to make up a name, Tom, for example, if Tom wasn't struggling with porn, then the whole church group, the whole people, all of his friends, like no one would take interest in him. And so some people learn to actually live their life by getting negative attention. Now, this is, I'm going to just kind of softly throw this out there. Um, you have to be in a really humble state to receive this this piece this reasoning here because people who are really committed to this are going to just be pissed off. They're going to be so angry at me and, you know, try to tweet me incorrectly and be like, I hate this Matt guy. And I'm like, dude, I would too, because I'm, I'm exposing the show here. I'm actually leading people into being like, dude, here's the game. And it's a game. It's one giant big operation of a game that has a clear upside to being the victim. You know, some people are just committed to wanting to be all potential we want people to feel sorry for us. We want to be pitied. We want people to feel bad. We want people to be motivated out of guilt and shame to help us over and over and over again. And so maybe we get some measure of breakthrough in our life. Maybe we get some measure of like triumph or success, but then we get capped at the place of still wanting to be stuck because we're terrified that if we let go of that victim narrative, that we won't be seen, that we're going to blend in, that we're going to be average, that we're going to be normal. So I literally know that like, there are some people that unknowingly, subconsciously, and this is where it gets a bit inception-y, <laughs> recreate, or maybe like the Matrix. Um, there are some people that subconsciously recreate negative experiences in their life over and over and over again and invite calamity and destruction 
just so that people can notice them. And again, it's not on a conscious level. Most people are not conscious of this, which is why it's so powerful and so influencing in our lives because we make these self-fulfilling prophecies that attract destruction in order to gain connection. Isn't that twisted? Isn't that crazy? Um, and again, like this is something that people would on paper say, well, I don't want that until we realize the clear gain of being the victim because that's going to stop us from taking clear ownership over this issue, which again, you can't change any area of your life until you take extreme ownership over it. And so same when it comes to quitting porn, you know, maybe one of those reasons hit you. Maybe they connected. Maybe there's one that hit you really hard. You're like, oh, crap. That's a deep dive. And again, this is just very um, surface level value. Like this was high, high level, like 30,000 feet in the air, kind of looking at the Grand Canyon from like bird's eye view. Um, it gets way more granular, way more defined. I, I, I think I shared already every single one of these reasons could be a podcast episode within itself um, of its own for like 30, 40 minutes if we were just riffing on it and really diving deep. But hopefully this served you to recognize some areas that you may be chronically stuck and what you're going to need to abandon in order to move forward. So if you're stuck with one of those six things, literally just operate out of the opposite. But understanding is key here. Sometimes we're like, okay, where do I go from here? What do I fix? Honestly, understanding is is the biggest. Self-awareness is the most powerful. And recognizing these things is ultimately a huge key. So if this has been helpful, um, maybe send this to a friend, you know, maybe who hasn't been able to quit porn or if you know somebody to let it encourage them. Again, these principles go far beyond just quitting porn, although that's what the topic was today, but it's for any area in our life that we're stuck. Subscribe to this podcast if you feel like that's something that you're getting value from because I'm going to be dropping content for you guys. Um, there's going to be a YouTube channel coming so you can see this on video format um, real soon here once I get my act together and figure out how to set up a tripod and a camera but that's coming guys i'll learn those skills and uh we'll make it a ton of fun but once again guys this is matt droget here lots of love to every single one of you and i will catch you on the next episode <laughs>